0: to the drive time news blast 30 minutes 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth liberty and justice this is monica perez
1: and i'm brad binkley
0: our top story protests and riots erupted in minneapolis monday morning today after a police officer allegedly fatally shot a man during a stop so I've got a lot of details about this. I've got a lot of thoughts. You want to fill us in a little bit more on the story, Pinkley?
1: Yes, the riots broke out last night, not in response to anything in George Floyd in Minnesota, but instead in response to this officer-involved shooting where a 20-year-old was shot and ultimately died what happened, according to the police, is that around 2 p.m. on Sunday, after determining that the suspect had an outstanding warrant... Now, I don't know how. I don't know what the probable cause was there. They say in the story, or the mother of the victim says that he was stopped because of an air freshener in his car. I don't know if that's what the police would say. but according Because this guy did have a bunch of outstanding warrants out, and he had had some violent felonies that he had committed, so it could have been more than just that, but I don't know. But according to the police, when they tried to arrest him, he got away and tried to get back into the car and drive away. And he did drive away, but not before one of the police officers shot him. And ultimately, he later died. They did try to resuscitate him at the scene. But This morning, the police officer or the chief of police came out and said that it appears to him that the female police officer that shot the suspect was trying to reach for her taser, but grabbed her gun and shot her gun instead. And he called it an accidental discharge. That's a that's a strange aspect of the story. But. Shortly after this happened yesterday, almost instantaneously Black Lives Matter protesters showed up at the scene. They protested, they jumped up and down on police cars, caused a bunch of ruckus, and p- police ultimately, this is at the Brooklyn Center in Minnesota, they ultimately shot off some crowd control stuff. They they shot off some what was it, a water hose. I can't remember exactly what they did, but they did some crowd control tactics to stop the crowd and they told them they made an announcement, "We are not going to do any of this." We won't use any aggressive measures if you do not use violent protest tactics. That's where the story is now. Then riots and stuff or protests broke out.
0: All right. So I have a few things. One is that the judge declined to defend, uh, declined a defense request to sequester the jury in the aftermath of the riots. And I was just shocked at that because they do void in order to make sure people aren't already prejudging the case. And for me, I think that is setting up grounds for a mistrial. Now, if or maybe just appeals, I don't know. But if Chauvin gets off, then it won't go to that. But this is not this is not good.
1: No, not at all. And it can infect the minds of the jury, and that could be part of the reason why the story is in the news. I'll tell you more on why the story is in the news in a moment. A couple of quick points. Yeah, the victim had a first degree aggravated assault robbery charge that he had worn out, and you, the police, according to the Supreme Court, can fire on a fleeing suspect if that suspect, if they deem that person to be a threat to somebody else to, to injure them. So that could be part of the argument that comes in. The fact is, these riots have broken out or protests have broken out, whatever you want to call them, despite the fact that The facts have not been fleshed out. We don't really know what happened yet. The protests are happening anyway, showing the power of the social media digital mob that can be organized in an instant to subvert justice and subvert the actual due diligence process of finding out whether someone is guilty or not, because they're convincing people of guilt in the public mind before the trial ever happens.
0: I actually I I was noticing This story juxtaposed to three stories that I found out of Georgia just stumbled into. And of course, the story that I continue to be amazed gets no national attention whatsoever. Anthony McLean, who was shot by it. Just I, I looked that up immediately because the so in Pasadena in August. A guy, Anthony McLean, was the passenger in a car that was stopped for the not having a front driver's license, something really simple like that. The kid, I think, had like pot charges or I don't know what kind of I don't I don't know. If, I think pot's uh, I think pot's legal here. So he had some drug charge. So the passenger, instead of waiting around, he got out and ran. And he, he had his hand on his like pants that were kind of falling off. Um, I thought maybe he had pot down his pants or something. The cop said that he had a gun and the cop shot him twice in the back as he ran away and that cop's camera was off though the other cop's camera was on I consider that that should be like a de facto you don't believe that 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 is like should be a crime of the officer and then they said that he had a gun and now they're saying that our DNA test proved that he had that gun the gun was like broken into pieces there's no video evidence of the gun even though there are tons of cameras around there and then I just read there was an update from Uh, last month saying McLean said in the video footage according to his family's lawsuit against the cops um, I'm passing out hurry up I cannot Breathe, And the officer asked McCain how many times McClain, how many times he was shot. He says twice. And I don't have a gun, McClain tells the officers in the video. They also claim that the officers had their foot or knee on his back and put handcuffs on him, even though he was clearly dying. Of a gunshot. So that's outrageous. I've never I've tweeted this. I've shown many people the six minute Pasadena police video and not one person has said that they thought the officer was justified. Not one. And that is why I think it does not get press.
1: I agree. It doesn't fit the narrative, and I have some evidence that that is why these stories do not get fit in the press, because you always wonder, why is this story in the news, and why is this other story not in the news, and also why, specifically this weekend, a bunch of stories that all serve the same theme to heighten the tensions around the George Floyd trial, because the defense is going to be making its argument this week. Up until now, only the prosecution has been making its argument, and in reality, the defense could potentially win this thing without ever making their argument based on what we got out of the prosecution's witnesses. So ahead of this defense argument in the George Floyd or the Chauvin trial, we have all these stories that serve the narrative to cause a division. And I want to uh, read a quick thing from you from, it's called Introduction to Narrative Warfare. It is written by this woman, Jit man who... We covered on Rockfin, we did a deconstruction of some of her stuff on Rockfin. And the purpose of her book is for national security advice people who work in national security to help them to better utilize it's an instructional book for narrative warfare. And the goal of the narrative warfare, it is it's not to tell truth, it's to put meaning in events. It's to tell the public what the meaning of events are before they come up with that meaning on their own. And then the purpose of it is to trigger a predictable behavior. So with that in mind, this is from, this is from Herbrook. All narratives restrict information content. Potentially meaningful experience will be left out if that experience is anomalous or inconsistent with the theme. Like the story that you just told us is inconsistent with a theme because it wouldn't cause division. And then experience right. will be dichotomized as meaningful or trivial, anomalous or a pattern, and will be included or repressed depending wow. on which category it falls into. God. I and mean, that's exactly why we see some stories in the media and other stories that seem similar. Right.
0: Not. I mean, it's obvious that they do that, but it's amazing that they would say it.
1: Yeah. It says everything that doesn't contribute to the meaning of the narrative, they leave it out. I mean, they well, said it right there.
0: Well, they did it this weekend because the th- I saw 3 things. The one thing in Georgia was uh 3 officers injured, suspect dead after a chase in Carroll County. One of the suspects was shot to death. Uh, they sh- uh, they exchanged gunfire while this car was speeding away, which sounds kind of similar to yeah. the Minneapolis thing. And then while I was reading that there were two others was in the AJC. So it's not like I was reading it on CNN and there were these other stories. The AJC said just another story that said two killed, one injured after police chase ends in fiery crash on Lennox Road. It was the second time in a week. This is this week. Yeah. it was about last week that a Metro Atlanta police chase resulted in death. On April 2nd, a man and a woman died in South Fulton County after leading Coveta County, Kuwaita, whatever deputies on a high speed chase across the county line and slamming into a tree. Now, for me, that was those two were different because nobody shot them through the window like they did in the other two cases. But I do also think it is time to think hard about whether you really want cops chasing cars around to yeah. do Things that have happened since I've been here um, in this area. I've seen twice already innocent people driving getting t boned by cars that were outrunning yeah, cops.
1: Police. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I knew there's somebody no that happened to in college.
0: In this day and age of surveillance, you cannot, I, I mean, the, the dash cam shows the, the, the license plate of the car. Let them yeah. go and put out an APB.
1: Yes. Absolutely. I want to give you one more thing from this, and I think it's important for people to hear it. They're talking about triggering identities in order to divide and undermine uh, a country or a group, whatever the target audience is. And she says, the way that well-constructed narratives influence is by triggering identity. So, that's important to keep in mind because of the identity politics. This is a weaponized thing. They are very consciously using it. And then she goes on to say that the art and science of narrative, when well done, does not allow the audience to derive their own meaning does not allow the audience to derive their own meaning the narratives control this it's important to understand that the meaning of what happened can be manipulated
0: See, it really demonstrates how powerful a tool democracy can be when mm-hmm. it's manipulated like that. It's like Inception. They make yeah. you think it's you. You will vote accordingly. It's stove piping. It's all that stuff where they craft your response. But, you know, it's not even good enough. I want to tell you about this soft fascism that's coming. If, But let's finish with the Chauvin stuff.
1: Yeah, what they're doing with these stories over the over the weekend, this one, there's the story of the guy at the gas station who got got tased or pepper sprayed by the police officers as a Marine and and it looks terrible on on camera. What? I don't know that story. What happened is there's a video and I've only seen the video. I haven't seen the full video. I've only seen what is on the news, but it's of a Marine being uh, accosted by police officers. He's in his car at a gas station, and I think he got pepper sprayed. And they're they're yelling at him to get out of the car, and he seems to be reluctant to get out because he doesn't want to put his hand down and and hit his uh, his seatbelt because for fear that they might think he's reaching for a weapon. So. It gets real tense. Eventually, he does get out and they kind of force him to the ground and he starts. He's he's upset. Why are you doing this to me? I don't know what happened before. I don't know what happened after. It looks terrible for the police. It looks completely terrible. And the only reason it's reported, though, is because it serves this narrative that police like to target black people. Is it race? Okay. yes.
0: The Marine was black. The Marine was black. Yes. Oh, and it will definitely feed into the PTSD mental health thing with the
1: Marines. And the cop, I think, might have been Hispanic, but he looks white on the video. So... Not saying that this isn't a newsworthy story, just saying that it wouldn't be in the news if it wasn't right. for the George Floyd trial or the, the Chauvin case, the defense presenting its case this week. They are trying to trigger the identity in this target audience of, of people who identify with black people in, in a way that they, they see cops as always targeting them, which is going to prime them to trigger action when it comes to protests and riots yep. after the George Floyd thing. That's, what, that's what's going on sure.
0: right Encourage people like Anthony McLean to run away.
1: Right. Yes. You know, that's it a great actually point. will
0: make the thing worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic point. And SNL fed right into this with their cold opening. They had a cold opening. And in this cold opening, they basically said that. Chauvin is obviously guilty. It's on camera. We all saw it. Why do we even need a trial? And then they went on to promote the use of violence in protesting. What it was was a, a skit where they had four news anchors, two of them white, two of them black. And the white news anchors are just oblivious saying, well, it's obvious that Chauvin is guilty. And why are we even having a trial? There's no the way. white
0: he-. guys are saying that?
1: Yeah. They're, everybody's on that side. Right. But the, so the white guys are dumb because they think that he's going to be convicted. And the black anchors like, now you're right. He's guilty, but we don't think he's oh going to be convicted. Oh my gosh. So, wow. Right. So that's the thing. And then the one of the white anchors. Oh, wow. Yeah. One of the white anchors says, well, I think we can all agree <laughs> that even if whatever happens with the case, that violent protest and rioting and burning down property, that shouldn't be used. And then the black anchors go, well, Not so much. Maybe you shouldn't tell us that. And people should be allowed to protest. It sounded like it was written by Indivisible Group. We covered the when they were teaching people how
0: to protest. It sounds just like that. Wow. yeah, It's with the role playing and everything. Exactly. Where was that stuff when we talked about that? Was that on the propaganda report? Was that on the rock Fan?
1: It's on both. It's a propaganda report episode. I think it's one eighty-seven. One eighty-seven. Yeah. 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 When they they teach people that it's wrong to question the way as a white person to question the way a black person protests, and this is in response to people saying you should not protest violently. So they're it, justifying it was pretty violent damaged. protests. So I'm gonna yeah. write
0: it down here for you to. Put in the show notes. If and you SNL mind. is doing
1: the same freaking thing. It's terrible. I mean, people are probably going to die if, if this thing breaks out. And you have these actors on SNL and you have these other stories. I mean, I don't know how people can look themselves in the mirror and be OK knowing that they contributed to that.
0: And, and maybe it will dovetail with the voting thing because what? So again, in this recent Rockfin video, people ask about what's Rockfin. Rockfin.com slash propaganda report. We put videos up of deep dives. So Binkley finds people who are talking like the World Economic Forum or Council of Foreign Relations or whatever, really laying out how they manipulate us, how they use propaganda and all that. It's really very interesting. But there was a, a recent one, our most recent one where one of the people was saying how COVID, race and inequity and climate change were the three things that were going to spur on. I don't think she she might have called it the Great Reset, but whatever, like massive social change that they were trying to effect. And uh, so it's clear the Chauvin thing and the voting stuff are being used to focus on Racial inequity. Now, the voting stuff, to me, they are calling it a racial issue and they're saying that the legislators should not have the responsibility for making the laws on this because of race. But it's really about controlling those elections a little more tightly and trying to take it out of the hands of the state legislators. What?
1: Uh, With the Biden administration, they said that they're not going to mandate it, but they are here to offer any resources that states or anybody needs necessary to help with it.
0: They'll do there are two ways they can do these things. They can do model laws, which clearly they're doing with red flag stuff. It's what they do with a lot of like policing. They, they create these model laws at the federal level. And then they encourage the politicians, legislators, police chiefs and stuff to adopt those laws. And I think they give them incentives. I think that's pretty clear. They rise to prominence, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, they, so they, they do model laws or they could just just change it completely and push it up. So like what Chertoff said way back when the second Department of Homeland Security chief, who is also an Israeli citizen, and if you look at their civil rights, the way they approach security internally, that is not somebody you want in uh, making the rules and saying that he wanted Congress to fundamentally remake our legal architecture, which they are not permitted to do any more than they were permitted to get than anyone was ever permitted to replace the Articles of Confederation with the Constitution. But anyway, so so they're taking the the grassroots, the racial issue, whatever, um, or I should say, Stacey Abrams and people like her are acting like they represent this grassroots. And they're demanding on behalf of this, these grassroots people that corporations, global corporations, Corporations, not even local businesses or black owned businesses or anything, but global corporations should go in and get involved in drafting legislation, not just to the extent that Delta and Kemp already said they were doing before this controversial law got passed but that they should go in and heavily influence it maybe like apollo did for obamacare so they are calling for what would have been called an event 201 when they talked about soft power this is soft power this is soft fascism is what it is yeah but here was something that was straight out of your civil alliance thing. We have to talk about that. Let's talk about it in the last story of the Free 30. But this says this is a quote from a Wall Street Journal article about these CEOs stepping up to push against voting laws. I mean, it's crazy. They're having meetings. They were having a Zoom call where they were colluding, conspiring to manipulate our legislation. I mean, don't tell me there's no conspiracy. It says many CEOs now feel a duty or pressure to make their views explicitly known to employ Employees and others. Yeah. And that's out of the Civil Alliance and also other clips that you've brought us about. The Salesforce guy
1: was talking about how they've been meeting. CEOs have been secretly meeting for the past year talking about this stuff. This way to to get the corporations to take charge after COVID, which involves the voting stuff.
0: And the voting stuff has also been... Uh, being batted around for the past year. There was even Dean sent us a patent that the U.S. Post Office filed about mail in voting from last February before it was even an issue. And I just sent you a video of, I don't know if it's your caliber, but from September of one of these affiliated organizations mentioned in the Wall Street Journal article, the, um, A leadership now project talking about voting and equity and action back in September. And they are leading the charge here. So uh, the one other thing is that they talk about this. uh, This it seems straight out of the Civic Alliance to me, also straight out of Laswell and event 201.
1: Yeah. And it all connects to the George Floyd case, to these other stories that we talked about, where it's black versus blue police officers shooting black people. It connects to that grander narrative, the 1619 narrative that the United States was funded on on racism and everything is systemically racist throughout society and therefore must be undermined and changed structurally
0: right and i think what's really important and it took me forever to get it through my head that this has absolutely nothing to do with racism yeah. racial justice or any kind of justice social justice individual justice none of it it's all about using these levers as an excuse to subvert any kind of representation we might have And people want, I guess the argument is that a racial minority cannot be represented in a representative democracy. So I don't know what the answer is, (laughs) you know, I don't know what they're going for. I have more. I don't know if, uh, let, let's keep talking about that and the civil alliance and some of the stuff that you found as the last big story of the free 30, that's okay with you. Yeah. And Uh, We also have, in the patron 15, Matsuyama won the Masters, and somebody really needs to shut him up about it already, (laughs) and... Could a theoretical particle change science forever? Binkley's got that intriguing story. And of course, I would like to offer up a, we both would, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's shows. Our sponsors are very fun, very supportive. I know that they are all here because they are fans of the show and want to support us. So I hope that you will consider supporting them, even if you just visit their website. So the Rye Guys is one of our supporters. If you visit their website, if you see something you like use the promo code prop 10 and really not even at their request but because listeners like it we want to play their fun commercials so listen up
1: do you love freedom Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes you, do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more. Quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy Great conversation. Take off one of our tees, and well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's w-r-y-g-u-y-s.com. Ryguys.com.
0: The Ryguys. A rye wit for today's shit. So Prop 10 is the way to go If you want to buy something there You get 10% off And they know that you are supporting them And uh, because they are supporting us But you can also support us directly You can also go to thepropreport.com And there's a shop button And you can either buy some merch from us Of our Propaganda Report stuff Or you can find a listing of all of the people Who have sponsored the show And click through in case you want to use them for your fun amusement or shopping needs. So also while you're there, you might check out at thepropreport.com, Binkley put up a continuous player of all of our free content. So if you're doing the yard work or whatever you backed up on, listening to shows, just Put that in your pocket and turn it on And it will play and play Also while you're there you you might Have to actually but uh, You might want to register at thepropreport.com With your email address Because we are going to cook up A newsletter just to tell you stuff that we've Put out or things that are coming up But mainly we really need to have the emails For when the hammer comes down from what we hear You get taken down from Patreon whatever and they don't even tell you why There's no recourse I've had that experience Myself on WordPress and other and you YouTube. So we just need uh, emails just to let you know where we end up if we start getting deplatformed again. Also, if you don't like Twitter, you can go to thepropreport.com and go to the press pool where we share headlines with each other and commentary. And uh, if it's not working exactly the way you like it, you can shoot me an email at the report podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what... Uh, what the problem is and I will try to address it and if you don't like Patreon so these are all alternatives to the big tech if you don't like Patreon you can also email us at the Podcast at gmail.com and Binkley can set you up with something customized you probably have to listen to it through the website for now but if you don't like Patreon you still want the 45 minutes of uninterrupted daily news uh, you can definitely contact us for that and This is the best. Our latest feature on thepropreport.com is a meeting place to plan meetups. So go to thepropreport.com and click on the meetup tab to see if there's a get-together plan near you. You can help plan one. We have two coming next week. So Sunday, April 18th at 2 p.m., we are going to be at Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna. You can go to to thepropreport.com to find their address or just look them up, Neighbors Feed and Seed. They're closed to the public, but they're open for us Parking might be a little bit of a problem, so you might want to carpool. Uh bill the proprietor sponsor of this show. He's going to provide beer, wine and pizza, but we have no idea how many people are going to be there. It's Binkley, me, Garland, all glad-handing, having fun. It was supposed to be have been a great time last year. So if you want to bring a little something for yourself to drink or little snacks or whatever to share, Bill's going to have a table for people to chip in just so that we don't have to do an RSVP thing. And I... And uh, and my sister <laughs> and other fans of the show are meeting for a very small little get-together in New York. I'm going to be visiting my mom while I'm on the East Coast. So that's in Rockland County, New York. Again, go to thepropreport.com. Go to the Meetups tab. You can find the details. I have posted where we're going to meet and when. But I implore you to write down in the comments section if you will join us because... I need to make sure I have enough seats. So if you do want to do that and you don't feel like registering or, Reddit or whatever, you can still just email us at the podcast at gmail.com. And if you join patreon.com slash propagandareport, you will not hear these sponsorships and announcements. Again, you will just get 45 minutes of continuous commercial free news of the day every single day. And now. On with the last story of the Free 30.
1: The Civic Alliance, you were asking about that earlier. Well, just a reminder that the Civic Alliance is an organization that is committed to uh, trying to get the percentage of Americans that vote up to 80 percent by 2028. And the way that they help this massive get out the vote effort is they create resources that are storyline Toolkits, that's what they call them, and the purpose of these resources are to authentically and impactfully integrate civic themes into films, television, podcast episodes, and more, depending on whoever their partners are, and they work with companies like... Comedy Central, MTV, Spotify, all of the major corporations, like a thousand of them. In other words, they help them propagandize themes into the programs that you and I watch and hear. And I wanted to give a couple of examples from their scripting guidelines for some companies that we're probably familiar with. The first one here is a scripting guideline that they created in partnership with Spotify. Spotify made the news last week Because they continue to delete Controversial episodes of Joe Rogan's podcast Because people inside their company Are outraged by them At least that's the claim anyway But in their their guidelines for For podcasting, they say they say that one of the objectives is they want to identify podcasters who may not already focus on politics or social justice issues, especially those who have greater influence with low propensity voters. And then they want to encourage them to work the messaging about registration and voting into their existing content in a way that feels natural and organic or organic, excuse me. And they want the podcasters to find creative ways to share resources about registration registering and and getting people out to vote and they want to include people across a variety of topics that are far from the actual topic of politics and they want to integrate stuff about the science of voting and why it's going to make your life better so they want to find podcasters that aren't political and they want to integrate these messages that are very much left-leaning when you read through this document about voting and about voter suppression Prop attainment. Prop attainment. And Spotify, <laughs> trying trying to become the biggest podcasting platforms. is what Spotify is trying to do, this was made in partnership with them. So, know that when you're listening to Spotify. You have a group that is actively working to filter propaganda messages through some of those things. Now, the other one is Comedy Central. And Comedy Central, they talk about, uh, on the use of humor, uh, comedy produced in partnership with Comedy Central. They say to use humor as a way to playfully apply social pressure aka shame, this is what they say, use comedy as a way to apply social pressure, shame to non-voters. Studies have shown that social pressure is very effective to get people to vote, and comedy, more so than earnest approaches, is a great median to make people feel bad for not doing the right thing. That's a verbatim quote.
0: It's Machiavellian, it's inception, it goes along with all of this stuff where it just gets buried and because it gets buried, it gets past your screens, your sensors. And this, uh, this civil, civic alliance is, I didn't realize it when, uh, you were talking about it the other day, so I I just wanted to make sure I got the name of it right. I wasn't sure if it was Civic Alliance or Civil Alliance, and I found that there's a Civic Alliance right in my little region, not just LA, but like my... Town, and it's it has a mission. Says our mission is to bring together a diverse coalition of stakeholders. There's a red flag word from business, labor, government, education, and community sectors for the purpose of identifying policy challenges and best practice solutions that transcend the traditional industry methods and modes of thinking. So they want to bring all those people together and identify policy challenges and solutions they are writing policy and they're doing it by creating a coalition among business labor government education, community that you never heard of that you never heard of so you think you have representative uh government this is so similar to the stuff that was in the harold blaswell stuff yeah. from national security and personal freedom something like that that you sent me a long time ago where he said you have to get to the grassroots. You have to have committees. You have to have things that people don't realize are really pulling the levers of power. Yeah.
1: And this the Civic Alliance scripting, I mean, this document goes pretty detailed and it tells them lines of dialogue. It tells them the opportunities within their scripts where they can inject these political things. For example, one of them says, "Well, they give a list of questions. Here's the questions to ask to find these these areas where you can inject these things. How can we show a voter? experiencing oppression or suppression. Well, we have a storyline of a person going to vote, and then when they go to vote, they're rejected for something because they don't have to have an ID or something like So, straight from the Stacey Abrams headlines, we inject into the entertainment. And we see it anyway. We saw it anyway. But after reading through this document and seeing the questions they ask and the way they do it, I see it in everything I watch now. I see the injected political storylines.
0: But I kind of already always saw that, you know, and I and I felt bad because I was so hard to watch TV with. I just couldn't really watch it anymore. You know, I just can't. And and the only hope, the only thing I can tolerate is like Mr. Robot or American Gods, where they're telling me a truth I really do want to know about. And I just have to put it out of my mind that they're doing it for their own purposes. Yeah,
1: I saw an example last night. I watched Batwoman because I watched those shows because they're terrible and they're so filled with political. Politically Charged propaganda and of course I just love Batwoman of course great character <laughs> But in the story the whole storyline There's a they introduced a Black Lives Matter Activist that is starting a Uh a center for kids, like a community center for kids. And she's starting it in a very dangerous part of town. She's given a speech on opening night, a journalist comes in and the journalist says, but what about security? How are you gonna keep them safe? And apparently that's the most horrible thing anybody could ever say. Because the response by everybody was, Oh, you you want to have more guns around these kids? What's wrong with you? How about we just stop taking money away from them? And the guy's just like, Well, I I just it's a dangerous part of town. People die here. And, and so the whole message is cops don't need we need to save kids. We need to put them in a dangerous situation with no protection. That was the message.
0: And you just didn't emphasize it, but you said, yeah, we need to put the money into what? Saving the kids first. Like, (laughs) yes, that was the entire defund the police thing, which, of course, makes no sense. There people pay. The whole reason the government can take up to 50 percent of all the productivity in this country is that they convince the productive people who can't really tell the difference. They don't really scrutinize that almost all of it is just moving the money around. They think of government as providing public services, first and foremost, policing. If you literally took the policing away, you would not you would have a tax revolt. And there would be no money for saving these kids. But I did I did want to add a couple of things, if you don't mind, from yeah, from this journal article I was reading just about the soft fascism and how it plugs in from so many of the different things that we have uh, seen of these guys plotting. Uh, the, and and this is straight out of all this stuff, too. This is one of the lines from the journal. It says, to anticipate political flashpoints, many corporate leaders say they have developed informal networks of existing Executives counseling each other on when and how to respond to contentious social issues. And to me, that goes right to some of the stuff that we were seeing um, in that Kennedy government school thing where they they were saying that. Yep. What they were saying. Was that it's going to cost you money to in to effect these policies, but if you know that you that you are basically Effectively in a network with other companies who are all going to adopt this, you'll be part of that club. And they
1: also that speaks directly to the narrative warfare. People need to remember that. These people openly talk about how narrative is not in a, is not the narratives we hear and people who live their lives based on are not based on objective reality they say this explicitly in the videos in their books in this book I was just I was pulling from earlier it says it and the the narrative is has an agenda. It serves the interest of the people creating it. And oftentimes it's getting people to act against their own interests. So it's having this fast, soft fascism emerge and it's, it's not real. The objective reality they're building it off of.
0: That's amazing that you should say that because obviously they haven't given up on that idea that it has to be aligned with their interests. I remember one of the calls to action in Event 201 was really actually set it in there to to get businesses to recognize the risk. Risk that their businesses are under and therefore pressure government policy change. This was a line out of The Wall Street Journal today from the chairwoman of Starbucks. She said political unrest is bad for business and executives should work together on voting issues as states consider legislation and as the trial over George Floyd's killing continues. Because she anticipates civil unrest. And lest you think that they're just social justice warriors, it is bad for business. And that's how you even get shareholders, not just stakeholders on board. I mean, it's all it's coming up to the surface. And I really uh, I have to tell you, and I guess I'll tell you in the patron 15 that this stuff is really changing my viewpoint on what needs to be done and how we need to think about what's uh what's happening and why. And and it really has changed my thinking about what needs to be done. I'll tell you in the patron in for 15. Interesting. Uh, and I also have some shout-outs. All right. So... We got many new patrons over the weekend. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, this isn't even all of them. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Brianna. And thank you, Doug. And we also have a first time shout out from, of all people, a longtime supporter, the Rye Guys, this shout out goes from the Rye Guys to Wendy McElroy, the longtime freedom fighter, individualist, feminist, and accomplished author. As a discerning aggregator of news and opinion, Wendy's blog has been an invaluable resource for those trying to make sense of our world in the Corona times. Check it out at com. That's Wendy McElroy. Wendy W-E-N-D-Y-M-C-E. E-L-R-O-Y dot com, Wendy McElroy dot com. Thanks, Rye guys, for awesome. the first shout out, even though he's been a sponsor for so long. And uh and now I'm eager to tell you uh my thoughts in the patron fifteen.
1: All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at ThePropReport.com or your favorite podcasting platform in the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we put every time we put down a DMB, go to Patreon.com slash PropagandaReport and become a patron. Or check out RockFame.com slash PropagandaReport. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the Patreon 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.